Hi everyone, welcome to Taz Talk, the show where we talk about the Adventure Zone podcast. Um, today we're talking about Amnesty episode 35. I have a cold, so sorry if I sound a little subdued. I think you sound great. Thank you, Chelsea. It is the <laughs> penultimate episode of Amnesty, uh, which is crazy. We're finally here. Actual finale territory. And the boys rolled so well. Yeah, they got that finale heat back, huh? Yeah, yeah. I I thought the opening scene where everyone was praying to Aubrey basically oh really hammered home the fact that like Aubrey has suddenly found out that she's basically a god. I thought that was really interesting because for whatever reason up until that point I hadn't really been thinking about Sylvain as like a divinity even mm. though it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But I don't know, I just been thinking about her as like yeah, I don't know, I hadn't really made that that connection. Well, we at, keep at full strength until this episode. We keep referring to her as a planet. Yeah. Al- although I guess it makes sense that they would worship her like a god, but I. Uh huh. I mean, yeah. I'm trying to think of all of the instances where the the sylphs. Um, well, I guess them touching the crystal that was their form of worship, and they were very like respectful. Whenever they talked about Sylvain. But the difference is well, okay, so. I guess this is up to whatever people's beliefs are, but the sylphs needed to touch the crystal to live. Like, that wasn't just a metaphor or anything. They had to do it. So that's why it was kind of like... I think it was less obvious to draw the, like, worship comparison. Although, in retrospect, you're right. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. No, I I agree with you, too. Part of me was kind of wondering if Griffin was just, like, doing all that for comedy. But, I mean, because... it it makes sense either way. Um, Aubrey's reaction was really hilarious, so... Yeah. Um, it's just, I guess, until that point, they had never really referred to Sylvain as, like, a heavenly being. It was just their life force. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was, just, it was. it's a little bit of a change of language. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Although, you know, I will notice that... Okay, so when... Well, was addressing all of them. Okay, we're like going all over the place too. Go for it. I don't have a yeah strict chronology in my notes necessarily. When the quell was like talking to each one of them, when when all the planets were like floating around and stuff, the quell didn't know Duck's name. The quell was like, I don't has have you mm-hmm. have you introduced yourself and stuff. And so I guess that's kind of interesting in that, like the quell is not omnip- omnipotent, in in which case omniscient. Maybe? What's the difference? Um, omnipotent means you are have like you are all powerful and omniscient means you are all knowing. Ah, then omniscient. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, like their knowledge has limitations. And I kind of assume maybe that the Quell and, and Sylvain have similar, if not parallel, powers and things. And so I Yeah, well I think if if they are gods, they're more like more pantheistic, not necessarily like a Christian god, which is like a an incomprehensible, all-powerful entity, but more like a a more fallible, kind of human sort of god, like in Greek mythology, maybe. Yeah. I've been reading a lot of Lore Olympus, so I Ooh. have some kind of knowledge about some of those things. I think this kind of ties in, again, jumping around to... So, in the in the end, when... Aubrey was having that kind of flashback to her 
um, starting the fire that killed her mom. Mm-hmm. And it turned out, which I thought was very interesting, that, like, Sylvain, the entity, also carried a lot of that same, like, guilt and horror yeah. over what happened. Yeah. And I thought, and correct me if I'm wrong, Griffin did say that, like, those feelings were the reason Sylvain was, like, keeping herself hidden, right? Did I make that up? I think that is accurate. Like, Sylvain, this, that, if I remember it correctly, that was the one time that Sylvain, like, manifested itself and in that ruined her life and so like she tried to hide herself so that she could like further protect aubrey i guess was that that Mm -hmm. was the rationale behind all of that um but i think and i think we might have mentioned this before but when she revived deputy dewey as a ghost remember how she like sunk or something there there was like imagery of sinking into the ground and like meeting with a lady or something. Do you remember that? Yep. I guess that was Sylvain. I think we kind of guessed yes. this, but now we have, like, actual <laughs> confirmation. Because we also were talking about, like, well, was it Earth? Was it the thing uh-huh. hiding in Mount Kepler? Like, what was that supposed to be? So now we kind of know it was supposed to be Sylvain. She was tapping into her big magics. I think it's really weird to make the transition... The transition into fully thinking about Sylvain as a god, and then... In the same episode, think about, like, it's wild to think that she was feeling just as guilty about killing Aubrey's mom as Aubrey was, you know? Mm. And I... Have you seen or read The Last Unicorn? No. Okay. Well, for anyone who has, <laughs> like, the the unicorn in the story, she is kind of like, not like a divine being, but like a magical being. And then she gets turned into a human at some point, and suddenly she has is experiencing all of these, like, human flaws and, like, experiences regret for the first time. And, like, that's kind of... I'm trying to, trying to like, find some way to think about what Sylvain was going through, and that's the closest thing I can think of. Because otherwise, it's, like, I almost find it a little difficult to believe that, like, a god would be in this situation where they were, like, feeling powerless and useless or whatever and they had such a strong emotional reaction to it but i mean maybe if you hadn't been like if you'd never been a human before you might not know what that felt like you know yeah that that is a good point in that if if there's such like an all-encompassing being if they're supposed to be divine like to flaws to 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 be human isn't that what it is to err is what is it something divine but to err is uh, I don't mm. remember. <laughs> That's a phrase. I'm gonna I'm gonna look that. Up. I know what you're talking about. Let's Google it right now. Yeah. To air is human, I believe. I think that is, but I feel like there's a the first to part to air is human. To forgive yeah, there is go. divine. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of funny that Aubrey that given that expression that Aubrey had to tell Sylvain to forgive herself and not yeah. like the other way around. Yeah. Well, that and also this whole thing is called amnesty and isn't part of amnesty, like to forgive something. Fuck. <laughs> Are we ever going to find out why this fucking campaign was called Amnesty? Hang on now. Well, I need to no. Google the definition of Amnesty Well, so, so now I kind of think that Amnesty maybe is like Sylvain seeking forgiveness for killing Aubrey's mom. Maybe? You know, that would actually fit a lot. It wouldn't, it wouldn't, that's really, okay, this is really interesting because that wouldn't explain why Amnesty Lodge is called Amnesty Lodge. Yeah. And... I also kind of feel like I don't think Griffin knew all this shit was going to happen when he 
named the campaign and started it, you know? Yeah. So I I think it's like if that I think that is kind of like on theme and it's just like an emergent property of the campaign, which happens when you do role play improv stuff is sometimes yeah. stuff just works out really well. So it is kind of nice to think about like yeah, maybe I I hope we find out why it was called the Amnesty Lodge and what happened with the sylphs that had to leave Sylvain. Yeah, but that that is what I There's really want to know. There's only one. They wrapped up. I feel like they wrapped up Sylvain. They you know? yeah they, yeah. But I mean, now they're gonna go off and fight the big light beings. But but we still have mysteries. Like I I really still do want to know. Like what did those sylphs do to warrant being like banished to earth like i know why it's driving me nuts i yeah. gotta find out well and so then but then well then when at the end like when uh sylvain returned to the crystal danny was able to walk back across the gate so i guess she was forgiven yeah i don't i don't know <laughs> i'm like it's weird because it really felt like in this episode, they wrapped up Sylvain, and mm-hmm. then the next episode, they're going to address the abominations and yes. the between people. Yes. And, I mean, it doesn't have to be that clear-cut. There no. might be some overlap. But I'm kind of, like, given how neatly things seem to have been divided up, I'm shocked that we don't have an explanation for what amnesty means in the context of the show yet. Yeah. <clears throat> it's considering we're on the penultimate yeah. episode. <laughs> I know. But, be, like, to grant amnesty does mean, like, to grant an official pardon to. So, yes. I guess I can see that as, like, kind of tying into the, like, people in the show, kind of throughout the show, having yeah. to, like, I guess I'm also thinking about Ned. Yes. Um, people having to, like, see people seeking forgiveness for the stuff they did. I don't know. It's kind of weird no, to no, use no, no. amnesty. That, 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 I think, is, like, 100% on, on, on point. I completely I think agree. amnesty is amnesty is a weird word to use for that just because I think it does have this connotation of being like an official like pardon, not just yeah. like forgiveness necessarily. Yeah. So it's kind of a stretch, but I kind of think it works also. Yeah. I really liked that um Griffin let Travis choose what happened between Aubrey and Sylvain in the end. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, I thought that like made a lot of sense given a lot of, like it fit with how the rest of the campaign was being put together by them. It was like yeah. kind of more collaborative than balance in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um if if the critique for balance was that it was really railroaded and and Griffin wrote more than he let like improv, then this is the complete opposite. Where mm-hmm. so much of it is just player driven, and Griffin mm-hmm. is just going, and he's just traveling the path that they're weaving, essentially. So, yeah, I think see, Amnesty is so fun because it's so collaborative. I never know what's what's going on. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, it it makes it a little bit uh, of a challenge to like listen to because I have to I have to work really hard to like keep up. But I think you know it's it's a more organic way of playing. Yeah, I think there was a lot of uh, neat elements to this story. We're talking about it like it's over. There's still a whole other episode, <laughs> and we still have a lot of questions to be answered. But we're in the finale and wrapping up, so this is yeah. like a weird wrap-up talk. Yeah, well, okay. I I appreciate that the Quell was so, like, 
the quill just wanted one thing. The quill just wanted Sylvain back. So as soon as uh-huh. Aubrey was like, I am Sylvain. <laughs> then the quill was uh, quelled. Mollified. Oh. Quelled. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I also, I thought it was when, when Aubrey was meditating to try to get Sylvain to appear in full. Oh, yeah. I thought it was really sweet that she like checked with Sylvain to make sure that she actually did want to go back. Yeah, I that, that was, was a nice really detail. cool. Yeah, um, I also appreciated that Duck tried to summon uh, Sword Jesus. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> that was a good game. That was so good. That was so good. Um, I think well, Duck kind of understood that this whole this ending wasn't really made for him, so he was just <laughs> trying to be relevant. Um, uh huh. Yeah. Huh. Well, yeah. I think he'll probably have a bigger role coming up oh definitely yeah by the end of that episode like when when minerva came about like i i was thinking like you know minerva and duck they weren't really concerned with sylvain like even even when sylvain like went up to duck and she was like or duck was like yeah you and i have never like interfaced we have no connection you don't have to give me anything you know yeah like it we've talked before on this show like how separate their character arcs and their stories were and how they weren't really entwined and it was kind of weird. So now that we're getting to the point of, well, why are these stories so, you know, parallel, but why haven't, why are they so separate? Like, why is it so different and stuff? We're on the cusp of actually like weaving them together. And, Mm -hmm. and because Minerva's mystery and all of this has been so much bigger and so much less explained I guess, maybe. Well, the whole thing is a mystery. We're on the penultimate episode. We have so many questions. Um, Mm -hmm. It's frustrating, but it's also exciting because (laughs) we're so close to the answers that we've been looking for. I thought it was funny how Griffin was like, kept trying to get everybody to be dramatic for the (laughs) finale. But like, I kind of liked it that they weren't taking it too seriously. I don't know. Like, I have pretty... My feelings about balance and honesty are pretty different. And I kind of feel like the way I felt about all the characters in balance was enough to like have enough weight for the finale to feel really heavy. But mm. I feel like, I don't know if the amnesty finale, if it had just been like really serious, if it would have been able to carry that weight as well. I'm kind yeah. of like, I like that. It's, I actually think these finale episodes have been some of the funniest episodes in amnesty so far. 100% agree. Um, um, and I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I re-listened to some of Rockport Limited recently, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, so fucking goofy and funny. It is. And it feels like the boys took a long time getting back to that tone in Amnesty. Like, not until the very end did they kind of reach full, just, like, goofing around, saying whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. I, I think maybe it was just the way it was edited for so long, but... Like, That's possible. Amnesty, the, the final... and. I think we've also commented on this when we started covering Amnesty, but we were saying how we loved that it was so polished and it was so, you know, like, well-delivered. But doing that for six months and more, it you're right, like, it did leave us kind of dry. It was really cool because it, it showcased the boys, like, doing improv dramatically, but you're right, like, part of the fun of the Adventure Zone is, is being goofy with your family and, like, making three Borat jokes and two Napoleon Dynamite jokes, you know, and trading them for a bit, you know, like. I think part of it is, and this is something that I think the boys are aware of, especially Griffin, is like 
this after finishing like balance started off really goofy and then got really dramatic later on mm. and i think coming off of that there was this really big pressure to to keep being dramatic yeah and then it was kind of like the opposite direction where they started off really dramatic and then like the pressure came off i don't know they like maybe, let yeah. themselves be more goofy later i think maybe what also changed is um they released their second book and i think so part oh, of yeah in the past year i think has been really interesting for their family because they had so much success um mm-hmm. last year with the launch of the book with the end of the first arc well i guess that was two years ago but still like um there there was so much that happened because of how successful balance and and their first graphic novel was that i think you know, like, after after a successful debut, everyone looks to see, well, what's the sophomore album going to be like? You know, like, it's not going to be as good, but is it going to be good enough that they can continue and make a third one or do something else beyond yeah. that? So I think having the double pressure of having to launch the second graphic novel and wanting it to be successful, but also launching the second major arc of their wildly popular D&D podcast that's no longer D&D but still a podcast. Like, uh-huh. That was that was a lot of pressure. So Yeah, I for sure would not have wanted to be in their fucking position trying to follow a balance. Yeah. That was like, a, uh, that must have been terrifying. Yeah, like as much as Mabim Bam is wonderful and lovely and everything, like the cash cow here really is the adventure zone. So yeah, I, I think all of that pressure, pressure to produce something really polished that they thought was going to like propel the series forward maybe that's why the tone shifted so much and and why we've been saying this all along that we we uh celebrate the the little ounces of comedy that we get in every episode Mm -hmm. um i think i think some yeah go ahead no, no you go ahead well i i think some of my favorite um pieces of internet fiction have been Stuff that started off really goofy and yes. then kind of built up gravitas as it was going. Yes. Like Red yes, vs. Yes. Blue is an example, although I fell off the wagon at, yeah. at some point. But uh, Homestuck is I was going to say Homestuck. Thank you so much. <laughs> Adventure Zone Balance is stuff that like had this started off like really goofy and had a lot of comedy. And then, I don't know, for some reason that pathway of like starting off really fun and then having things get more serious feels really good Mm -hmm. i haven't stopped to really analyze this very much i guess or like why i feel that way but i think i don't know i think there's something about it that's satisfying like watching something grow yes like start you know it's like watching the show grow up it starts off like less serious and then watching it like turn into something else and something that has more emotional weight is really interesting and satisfying absolutely no honorable mentions also um adventure time definitely yeah (laughs) that's another one steven steven universe absolutely like once you get past episode five shit gets so heavy um it's just like these and i think maybe that's what it is as humans maybe that's just what we prefer like, we start watching it because it's funny, it's lighthearted, it's endearing, but because it gets heavy, because it gets more relatable, because of it, it relates more with human, like, humanity and, and the experience of being human. Like, maybe that's what the appeal is. Um, if you'll remember, 
Amnesty came about because they all did their their little one shots and stuff. Even uh-huh. while they were doing those one shots and things, they put in a lot to have it really like well structured. Like they all had what what is it like they had that initial episode where they built the world they introduced the characters. yeah like the character creation episode yeah but then after a couple of TTAZs they were like you know we're never doing that again because yeah it it was so just it was so dry and it wasn't a formula that it didn't have like the McElroy charm in it because it was just yeah it was it was too much of too much of a too much of like a structure kind of thing. But the charm of the whole show is them working together, their chemistry as a family. So Yeah. I think they're going to figure it out. I think, I think so whatever too. they do next is going to be more like a middle ground. I, I really do think so, too. And because they're talking about it so excitedly, Griffin is more excited to talk about it during the money zone than I feel like he is about doing amnesty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kind of picked up on that, too. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I think he is ready. He sounds like he's ready to, to move on. Yeah, I agree. I think we all kind of went into, and again, we're we're going, we're talking about this like it's done already, um, but <laughs> we all kind of went into Amnesty expecting Buffy, you know, expecting like Monster of the Week, Scooby Doo, episodic, kind of. Yeah, it turned out pretty different. It turned out super different. Like we we kind of went into this expecting, um, like, well, we got Bigfoot in the first episode, so we expected like you know werewolves or vampires or like traditional creepy things. But we got um, light beings and a planet <laughs> living inside one of our main characters. Not complaining. I love all that shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it totally went in a different direction than I think any of us were expecting. Mm-hmm. I really liked when Thacker was yelling up commentary, like, while he was falling into the pit. <laughs> yes. The Foley work when he was, like, far away and, like, yelling uh-huh. at Hobby to wake up and stuff. Oh, my God. That was great. Um, I also... I, it was so fucking funny that, like, Duck started telling riddles because he was trying <laughs> to ex- distract Alexandra. Yeah. And then by the end of it, it was just, like, him arguing with yeah. Thacker about the ris- riddle solution. That, that was, was so hilarious. good. That was so good. Excellent. Um, I loved that we saw Heathcliff. Yeah. That was really funny because Griffin sounded really surprised when Thacker jumped and then everyone else jumped in. I wonder if Heathcliff was going to make an appearance either way or if that was Griffin's way of like, this is how I'm going to rescue them from this dumb thing that they did (laughs) that I don't know what to do with. Yeah. He rolled with it like a champ. Mm Mm-hmm. I loved how Duck revealed his real name. Yeah. There was something just, like, so ah! sweet and intimate about that scene. It was so adorable. <laughs> I hollered. I, like, yelled in my car. I was like, oh, my God, yes, finally. I was at work, so I hollered softly ah! to myself. I I do adore the way that, like, the last half hour of the episode panned out. Because when yeah. they all woke up in that flower bed, I was like, this can't be it. There's so many questions. Like, uh-huh. Well, it obviously wasn't. I, but it, yeah. Yeah. When As soon as... As soon as they said Minerva was there, I was like, okay, let's get down to business. That closing track while they were trying to, like, set up the gate bomb or whatever was a banger. I I was hoping you would mention that. (laughs) Have they released any music from Amnesty? Yes. Griffin did put out a, um, he put out something, I think, but I don't think it's, I think it was for, like, the first two chapters and i don't think he's done an official thing since then yeah a lot of the music in amnesty has been much more ambient and it's like it's it's really good and it works really well but it's not 
it's not like it's much more complementary to what's going on and not something that like drives the emotion of a scene yeah. as much or like it doesn't have as much like character away from the show which is not it sounds like a complaint but it's not like i think the the music's really good and it fits really well but yeah. it's definitely more like ambient background kind of content that's a really great observation because i was gonna say that so much of balance well griffin was also like really into making music during balance so Mm. like every well a whole lot of npcs had themes or a whole lot of like specific puzzles had themes or like Mm -hmm. you know like it was a good excuse for griffin to make themes and and motifs and like have them play with each other and and feature them at at really important parts and so Mm -hmm. um i think in addition to having more ambient music that wasn't necessarily focused on a character or um like a specific plot point um he also utilized a lot of silence um yeah like i think there was a it was when um the quell was like all of the all of the things happening in space like in the void of space mm-hmm. it was all silent and i thought that was really unnerving um yeah. and then when they woke up and you could hear birds chirping you know like <laughs> griffin made a, a big effort to make an environment you know yeah yeah but i will say though that balance just had such good music and i still wake oh my up God, well, so i wake up good. to um madam director in the morning time. oh yeah. i love madam director so much yeah it's got such good music oh, man oh man <laughs> is there any any other f- uh, what i want to do next mm-hmm. but stop me if you're not ready mm. is like can we just kind of take some bets on what the abomination oh are and what ready. their goals are super ready so my two kind of like shot in the dark ideas for what the fuck's going on here mm-hmm. is that like so the abominations are like clearly some kind of other alien. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that maybe they like if they are either it's it's hard to tell whether they have caused the connection between the worlds and are existing there or whether the connection between the worlds is something that happens organically or like naturally and that the abominations then rise up from that connection but i'm kind of gonna just guess that they caused the connection intentionally and i i'm wondering if it like either they somehow like there's some kind of species that like somehow feeds off of the conflict between worlds or like Maybe they need to get something out of the world or the planet, but they don't, they're not strong enough to like take over the planet themselves. So if they pit two planets against each other and the plant, the people from those planets destroy each other, then the abomination aliens can just kind of come in and pick over the corpses. Yeah. Um, I agree more with the second one um, because I'm trying to think about a lot of the clues that the shapeshifter abomination was giving us that they had Mm. their own lab and that they had like some kind of a pod that was like harvesting something from people or or had like you know harvesting kind of materials so i think oh yeah what the hell was the ball bag there's so much shit that i don't understand yet (laughs) Uh, the things that we've been given i can kind of i would i would agree with your guess that whatever it is they're harvesting something from us and i think that whatever it is is um triggered or produced by conflict so creepy 
Because that whole point, that whole shapeshifter's point was to create conflict and, and create distrust. And it's intentionally have That's people true. like try to destroy the creatures from amnesty or invade amnesty or create conflict. So if their end goal was conflict, yeah, maybe that's what they're feeding off of. Yeah, at the time I just assumed it was creating, like, it was like sowing discord because, as a means to an end. Mm. But, yeah, maybe that is the end. Maybe the end is to, like, just get these two planets to fuck each other up for whatever reason. Because it's like, it's the same thing that happened to Minerva and her sister planet. And it seems like yeah, it's totally possible that anytime two species from different planets meet, they inevitably get into conflict because the differences are too great. But maybe, you know, there's some there's some pattern here also. Yeah. Did you and I, I don't know if this is the first time that we've heard them, but um Duck called Minerva Nerva. Like towards the end I of the episode. Did not notice that. Oh he it was it was very quick and he only said it once. Um, but he was like, Nerva, okay, we gotta go. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I remember oh he god. called her Minnie before. Yeah. It's cute. I love it. Um, yeah, I have, like, a really strong feelings about their relationship. And it's not, like, shipping feelings. I don't want them to hook up. Oh, no, But no. I just, like, really like how close they are. And I want them to be, like, BFF forever. Yeah. I hope that Minerva gets to stay on that planet. Whoa, that would be weird. Oh, yeah. What do we think's gonna happen to Minerva? Well, I think Minerva's going to stay on that planet, or... I or don't know. Minerva, she's either going to stay on that planet, or she's going to kill herself, or, like, sacrifice herself to save them or something. Like, oh, fuck. Okay, I guess you're right. She wouldn't go home, because her home's already fucked. Mm-hmm. Huh. Ooh, maybe she will stay. But even I don't if, want her to die tragically. I don't too. want that, Chelsea. But even if she has to, like, self-destruct the space base or whatever, like... She can interdimensional travel through people's foreheads like fully coolie. So yes, I mean, would that really be? <laughs> she she would still have an, a way out. So that's true. So I guess this thing with Minerva is completely separate from Sylvain. No wait, but they were fighting abominations. But the abominations aren't from Sylvain. I think that's the difference. Is that like Thacker was concerned with Sylvain because Mama was, yeah. and Aubrey was obviously very tied to Sylvain. Yeah. But I think, except for the superficial connection, that the abominations are coming from the connection to Sylvain. I don't think Duck and Minerva's kind of quest has had really anything to do with actual Sylvain. That's that's actually, yeah, maybe that's true. Because um, Mama, this whole time, has been fighting abominations. But it wasn't until somewhat recently that they all got together that they were getting like more intense. So I don't know, maybe something about Minerva's mission and the abominations maybe they like came together or maybe the light beings like saw this as an opportunity or something i don't know i mean i think for mama her situation i think she's been on both battlefronts like trying to help sylvain and help the people there but also dealing with the abominations on earth which is like Apparently, like, not the abominations aren't from Sylvain. It's yeah. like, you know, those do seem to be, like, two separate con- sources of conflict. Yeah, they, they gotta be. Is there anything else you wanted to say about episode 35? I think that might be it. Um, hey, Rach, where can people find us? Uh, if you would like to get in contact with us, you can send us an email at taztalkpodcast at gmail.com. 
Um, you can find us on Tumblr at taztalk.tumblr.com or you can look us up on iTunes at uh, as Taz Talk Podcast. Or you can tweet at us because we are on Twitter at Taz Talk Podcast. And quick programming note, after Amnesty, Chelsea and I are going to stop doing this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a gentle way to say this. It's with a heavy heart that I announced. The gentle way would have been like we're taking a break and it might be indefinite. I don't know. I would I would prefer to go the route of we're definitely quitting and then maybe we'll come back and we feel like it. Yeah. No, we I it's time for us to move on to other creative projects. We've had so much fun doing this podcast though. We're definitely going to do one more episode to cover the finale and assuming that they do a TTAZZ post finale, we want to do that too. But then after that, we will be putting this project to bed. Yeah. It was really fun while it lasted. It was really fun. All right. Then the finale is the next episode. Here we go. We'll see what happens. Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye.